Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSEN, the sports betting network. We continue betting across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. Always a pleasure to be joined by Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, my goodness, do we have a super show to preview Super Bowl 56 tomorrow in L.A.? I mean, we got the moose. We got Daryl Johnson. For my money, Wes, maybe one of the best fullbacks in the history of the game. Debatable, I know. Maybe biased as well. Eric Griffin's going to join us. At you the don't top. play favorites, right? <laughs> I do not play favorites. Eric Griffin's going to join us at the top of the next hour. A comedian extraordinaire from L.A. Currently uh, doing a tour right now in Missouri. And then, again, we don't play favorites. But the double J, Jeff Jarrett, is one of our favorites. So I can't wait to hear what he has to say to you. Hopefully he will not have a guitar in hand. And then the final hour, how about Chuck Pagano going to join the program here? Of course, the former coach of your Indianapolis Colts, Wes Reynolds. So it's going to be a really fun show today as we preview Super Bowl 56. Let's talk a little bit about it, Wes, because again, I've been waiting for the numbers to change for the better part of the last two weeks, right? And the numbers are dipping a little bit on the side. And now the total, we're finally starting to see that move. It's something you and I have talked about, Wes, for about a week and a half. And now BetMGM up to 49 and a half. Remember, this was holding at 48 and a half. And I think we gave the good advice that if you like the over, hopefully you got it earlier. How high might well, that end up in your opinion, Wes? I think it'll probably stay 49 and a half. It'll kind of dance back and forth. And we did talk about all week and really all two weeks here with the Super Bowl 56 line that the real money and in terms of the massive money, I shouldn't say real money. I'm talking about the bulk of the money Mm -hmm. was going to start to trickle in around Thursday and then Friday and then today, Saturday. And of course, on game day tomorrow, that's when most of the bets are going to be made because I think everybody's kind of waiting and seeing and look, a lot can happen in two weeks. Somebody can get injured. Somebody can get suspended. Something can happen, especially, you know, in the this era where we're still in with COVID and, and I think there's a lot of uncertainty so maybe there wasn't a lot of people in the market with two weeks kind of in between the conference championship games and Super Bowl 56 where they wanted to put their money out there. Number one average Joe bettors aren't going to want to put their money out there for two weeks. They want to bet it that day and they want to win it or lose it that day. <laughs> they don't want to necessarily have their money tied 
tied up. Uh, now we advised on props. Okay, get in early if you like, especially if you like over on player props. So I'm not surprised to kind of see the line remain a little bit static in terms of that. The total, I think, is taking a little bit of bump up, and that's no surprise as you get more casual money in the market. People are wanting to bet on high-scoring Super Bowls. People want to see points in this. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see what we saw a couple years ago at the Rams and the Patriots where what was the final, 16-6 to six or 13, somewhere three, around 13 to three, rather. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I but, but, even well, gave I, it more credit for more points. But you and I, guys like us, I believe I can speak for you in this one. We didn't mind that Super Bowl. It's the fans you're talking about, the ones that the fantasy football fans, they don't like to see defense mm-hmm. in these games and they bet accordingly, correct? Right, absolutely. Uh, because you know, people don't people don't like to root for unders. Uh, I do because I'm a sick, twisted human being, and I tend to be on more unders than overs. Which not not always, yeah. you know, exclusive. But yeah, I think people want to see that. So I think it's going to dance kind of on that total forty nine and a half, forty nine, forty eight and a half. I expect it's going to close within that range. Yeah, I think you're right. And again, we've seen the the side as well now. We, we, it was almost like they were baiting us into taking the Rams. Like they were getting so much action uh, out here on the Bengals. You know, it opened up at four and a half here, Wes, and then, you know, down to three and a half, up to four today. So I guess you're starting to see a little bit of that here. How do you, how do you kind of adjust for what the books are doing here with that total, excuse me, with the side? Because it does feel like they were trying to entice and get that Rams money to come in. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that it that it went to four and a half early and then back to four, even a couple shops, I think, threw a three and a half mm-hmm. out there, but now back to four. It's I think it's going to close closer to four than it's going to close closer to four and a half because you have seen the Bengals get at least a little bit of support, I think, just in the general you know public perception. And I, I do want to kind of uh, dispel a misnomer out there that, oh, there's a sharp side and there's a square side here. There are sharps on both sides mm-hmm. of this game. And there are public and casual betters or squares or whatever, you know, you want to attribute to them that are going to be on the Bengals side as well. So there's not a real definite divide here, I think, between pros versus Joes or anything like that that we'll get sometimes during a normal NFL week, you know, a normal NFL Sunday where we have the full slate of games. Yeah, they'll be defined pros versus Joes side. But when there's so much money in the Super Bowl, you know, you're going to see, I think, support really for both sides now that you're down to two teams. And we had Mike Peranio from Mandalay Bay on here last week. And one of the sports betting myths out there is that books always want to be 50-50. Not necessarily if you think you got the best of it. Now, for the Super Bowl, when you have so much liquidity and you have so much money in the sure. market, yeah, they want to kind of f- try to find that 50-50 equilibrium a little bit, especially on the side and the total. And what inevitably is going to decide these outcomes for these shops around town and around the country are the prop bets. So that's what they want to do. So that's why I think that they want to be at least a little bit closer to the 50-50 equilibrium on Rams and Bengals tomorrow. Wes, let's talk more about those prop bets because I do believe it's not going to take a genius to figure this out. This is going to be the most we've ever seen uh, prop bet-wise in the history of the Super Bowl and probably get even bigger next year as this market continues to explode. And it's something very particular that you and I talked about as far back as last Tuesday. And that was Kendall Blanton, the tight end for the Rams. And the news came out that Tyler Higby is going to be out. You and I talked about a couple days ago here that he wasn't going to practice all week. So that was never a good sign. But you didn't know if maybe Sean McVay was going to play a coy. You didn't know if Higby was going to go. The reason why they made that announcement is that so that uh, Daryl Henderson could be activated off the IR. 
So now you wonder in those prop markets, how does that affect KM Akers? How does that affect uh, Sony Michelle here, right? And now all of a sudden to get the third running back in there. But with Higby out, Blanton is going to be the every down starter. And we liked his props anyway. What do you make of this news that 89 can't go? I think it's rather significant that he's not going to be able to play. Yeah, and and we talked about the Blanton props earlier in the week that these were going to get cut in terms of like the first touchdown or the anytime touchdown. Those were going to get, and and they got cut in half even earlier in the week, and they're going to get cut even more Mm -hmm. now that Tyler Higby definitively ruled out for this game. So if you think that, oh, they don't realize that Kendall Blanton, you know, they have this good price, they realize it. So, and that's (laughs) why they've moved it accordingly, and people have bet it accordingly as well. So the word's out on Kendall Blanton with Higby being out. And then you mentioned Daryl Henderson. Mm -hmm. That is something that I don't necessarily have a definitive answer for because I don't know how many carries he is going to get because neither of these teams have really run the ball great, especially in the postseason. There was one prop that was heavy juice that I was kind of looking at to say, okay, there's not going to be a 100-yard rusher in this game. I think it was like minus two and a quarter is where I saw it, and and I would still lean with the yes. I have not bet that as of yet, but Henderson, you got to think, okay, if they're activating him, that at least he's got to be ready to go if somebody gets hurt, or maybe that he's going to get the ball at least a couple times. I don't expect he's going have heavy usage right in the first game coming off IR and especially that first game being Super Bowl 56 however what we've seen look Akers went under his rushing yards in the NFC title game even though he was well on pace in the first half I think he had like 50 rushing yards and the under was in the mid 60s and didn't hardly do anything in the second half Mm -hmm. we know that Akers did fumble the ball twice in that divisional round against Tampa Bay and Sony Michelle, we know, is kind of more of like the short yardage back that they might use him on the goal line. However, now you have Henderson, so that may split it up a little bit. So I haven't played unders on a lot of these Rams running back props, but I darn sure don't think I want to play any overs because I don't think we have any idea yet what the usage is going to be for Henderson. I tend to think it's going to be on the low side, though. I'm right there with you. I mean, we see Cam Akers at 30-1 to 1 to be Super Bowl MVP. If you're looking for a long shot, I don't like that at all anymore. And again, you see where his, his prop numbers are here, Wes. And the prop numbers have, have gone up to 62.5. So with Henderson coming back, Look, I'm not telling you to take the under. If you've got a, a strong lead and you think they're going to use Cam Akers, God bless you and, and Godspeed. But really, you have to factor in Henderson. He is not being activated to be a decoy. He's going to get carries. He's going to get action in there. And it's going to limit Michelle and or Akers to a degree. So just we give you this information before you make those blind prop bets to realize if you want to get that thing to cash, you got to figure out a pathway to get there. And right now, I think that those... Uh, numbers for Cam Akers might be going in the wrong way, Wes. So we'll keep an eye on that. Very quickly, CJ Uzama, he is probably is questionable. Rather, we saw him rip off the cast at Cincinnati. Uh, is that a smokescreen? Or you expect <laughs> him to play, Wes, like a wrestler? You know, all of a sudden he takes off the mask and he's going to play. Yeah, that was the old uh, Kevin Nash when he was in the wheelchair. And then, like, the little cast, if you've seen that little gif on Twitter, or gif, gif, I don't know, tomato, tomato. But anywho, yeah, uh, he hasn't been ruled out yet. So that's why I think those props have been kind of in a holding pattern. But I think you've seen betters, like, try to see if they can exploit that. Like, even if he goes, he might not be a high-usage guy. You know, he might be in there to block or just kind of a safety valve underneath if Joe Burrow gets rushed so I think what I've seen is people playing 
the number two, number three, and the number four receiver props for the Bengals on the overs. I've seen some support for Tyler Boyd in terms of the overs, in terms of the receiving yards, and in terms of the receptions. Same thing with uh, T. Higgins, because you know Chase being wide receiver number one for Cincinnati, those are already priced to the moon. Right. So people are trying to find value with like the number two, number three, number four receivers if CJ cannot go. Absolutely, Wes. And of course, VEASAN right now, we are in the middle of 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com coming up tomorrow. We're going to have every angle and analysis of the big game covered for you, starting with our point spread Sunday, then the Lombardi line, followed by an exclusive one-on-one interview with Brent Musburger and legendary sports better Billy Walters. This exclusive one-hour interview is only on VEASAN. Then we've got you covered all the way up to kick off with our pregame coverage during the game. We've got our pet cast. We'll tell you what the props are cashing during the game, as well as helping make in-game wagers for you. The Sports Betting Network is completely free all weekend long at vcin.com. When we come back, some player props on Super Sunday. Come on back. It is vcin, the sports betting app. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Tomorrow, Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betting, sits down with Beeson for only his second interview ever. His first was on 60 Minutes, and now he joins legendary broadcaster Brent Musburger for an in-depth conversation discussing the current state of sports betting, advice to gamblers based on his life as a sports better, as well as his upcoming memoirs. This exclusive interview is only available on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Then watch the complete interview tomorrow at noon Eastern, only on VEASAN.com. Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds, he is at Mandalay Bay. I'm here at Circus Sportsbook. And Wes, you know, we were talking about C.J. Uzama. And again, if you watched the, the parade, if you will, before Cincinnati left to take off for L.A., and he did the whole theatrics, like you said, Kevin Nash style, you know, ripping off the brace, and he's going to go. <laughs> he says... That he's going to be ready, so don't take my word for it. Let's hear from C.J. Uzama. I'm feeling great, uh, and, I mean, it's been a grind. Um, it's been a lot of early mornings, late nights um, of just rehabbing and, and um, fighting through some stuff, And but I feel really good. He feels really good when he has that interview, Wes. We'll find out if he feels really good come Sunday tomorrow for the game. And, again, we talked about how important – Guys like Tyler Higby, who is officially out for the Rams, and C.J. Uzama, th- these are their preeminent tight ends. One is already out. The other says he's going to go. Officially listed as questionable. When you hear the soundbite, does that sway you one way or the other if you're looking for a prop scenario on C.J.? 
you know, not really. It's probably a player that I'm going to look to stay away from because at this point you're almost playing like a guessing game. Now, I have no doubt that he's going to try to give it a go. Right. But but how effective is he going to be? So that's why what I was mentioning at the end of the last segment, you're seeing a lot of support for Tyler Boyd. You're seeing a lot of support for T. Higgins or P. Ryan Mm -hmm. or one of those secondary offensive weapons for the Bengals, I think, are kind of seeing the support as a way maybe to either avoid playing the, the Uzama props or a way to kind of exploit the fact that he might not be of the highest usage uh, because you're kind of playing a guessing game in terms of what the injury status is. You know, it's interesting, too, because if he was fully healthy, I would be all aboard the C.J. Uzama train. He is a nightmare uh, matchup-wise for whether you want to put a safety or a corner. Good Mm -hmm. luck with a linebacker. But he clearly is compromised. I mean, we saw the injury in Kansas City. It looked devastating. devastating. The fact that he might even be back two weeks later would be a modern miracle of science and uh, certainly of good health. But we'll find out if he can go. I'm with you. I'm staying clear of C.J. Uzama props. The interesting one that I wanted to pick your brain on here is Jamar Chase. And we've seen the number here get bet down, which kind of surprises me. Open at 81.5 for receiving yards. It's now down to 78.5. You look at a guy like, like T. Higgins and all of a sudden, he's going up. So I, I believe that people are anticipating that maybe Jalen Ramsey is going to be locked up on Jamar Chase. And I don't know that that's the way that Raheem Morris, the defense coordinator for the Rams, wants to play this. But it does feel like money, and maybe it's you know the recency bias, Wes, that you always talk about if you watch what T. Higgins did, certainly in Kansas City in that second half. Do you think that's why the number's going up on Higgins and down on Chase? Yeah, I think that that's probably a very good reason. And and you mentioned it, 81 and a half for the chase receiving yards on the open. Now, 78 and a half. We know most of the tickets are going that way. And that's how it always goes with prop markets mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl is that the featured guys, you know, the number one receivers, the number one running backs, even perhaps, but especially these receivers. Most of the tickets and most of the handle are going to be on the over for these guys. So the fact that this has dropped a little bit, I mentioned about like side and total where the books want to stay 50-50 because they're not going to be 50-50 necessarily on this props. Like, you know, it's it's the uh, wise guys a little bit, right. it looks to be, that have hit Jamar Chase on the under. And because somebody's going under, okay, how do we exploit the fact that maybe Chase is going to be uh, locked up or at least Jalen Ramsey is going to be shadowing him for the game? plus uh, Ozama in terms of his injury, and that's why you've been seeing T. Higgins get a lot of support. I've seen even some people I respect uh, that have tickets on T. Higgins as a long shot for MVP at 60-1. to So there's there's the probability that if Chase doesn't produce his normal numbers that he has been doing all through the regular season in the playoffs, that it's going to be Higgins. I thought it was going to be Boyd in Kansas City. It was not. It was absolutely T. Higgins. So that's what scared me off a little bit on the Boyd, but maybe this is the time perhaps to come in on him. I think his yards are around 40, 40 and a half, open 39 and a half, so I still kind of lean that way, even though I haven't bet that as of yet. You know, I'm stunned by a couple of things here that I want to point out, and you just saw Joe Mixon with the rush and receiving yards prop. It's not just down. It's way down from 98 and a half where it opened down to 89 and a half, and 74% of the tickets coming in on the under I mean, look at that. And and a big handle there, 81% as well. So they just think that, look, they're not going to be able to run the ball. That's what that says to me, that the betting public does not believe that Joe Mixon is going to be able to do enough in the the run game. And in the screen game, as we saw in Kansas City, sometimes that goes to Samaj P. Ryan. 
Is that why you're seeing that move? I mean, that's a precipitate drop down to 89.5. I think that's one of the reasons. And look, you have a very good rush defense in the Rams, and you have a Cincinnati Bengals team that has not played really a top-end defense all season. I think they've played one defense in the top 10, and the Rams obviously one of the top three to five in pretty much all the metrics in the league. So that's why I think you've seen that drop. Now with Mixon, I actually did play the over-receiving yards at around 25-and-a-half. And, and uh, yeah, I, I played the over 25 in terms of mix and receiving yards because I think if Burrow is going to be rushed mm-hmm. and we know that the Rams have the number one pass rush rate in the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals are number 30 in terms of pass block rate. We, we've talked about that all week here on VEASAN. If we have that, then Burrow, you know, everybody thinks he's just going to run. I don't know if he's necessarily going to run. Now, he's going to have to get out of the pocket, but he's going to have to find a safety valve underneath. And I think that safety valve uh, is probably going to be Joe Mixon, maybe a little bit of P. Ryan mixed in. But he's going to have to hit those running backs in the passing game. So that's why I played the receiving yards over, even though we've seen it seems like a lot of one-way traffic on the rushing yards. So it's like Joe Mixon's going to get touches, but there might be more in the passing game than the running game. You know, I can understand why Joe Burrow has gone up from 274 and a half up to 277 and a half. I get it. And, and to me, if you're going to play it, that would be the way that I would play it. Now you're losing that value already three yards down. The one that I need to pick your brain on and go, what's going on here is the Cooper cup one. Now it opened up 105 and a half. It's been bet down to 103 and a half, but 89% of the tickets are coming in on the over. So something's not matching up, which says to me, wise guys on the under, but the general public on the over. Is that how you read that? I mean, that's the only way I think you can read it because, look, you're already playing an inflated number with Cooper Cup right. based on what he's produced all season and then in the regular season, especially when Todd Bowles and Tampa Bay threw that zero coverage and he got deep and got the Rams in field goal range where the Rams moved on to the NFC Championship game. So you were already paying a tax number anyway with Cup. And that's why I've kind of been saying all week, maybe you want to bet the overs on these because the numbers are going to go up, but then you see we do have a two year, two to three yard difference from where the opener was. So that tells you, I think that there's some sharp players that got in on the cup, kind of trying to maybe play against the general public and thinking, okay, we might not get that number because sometimes, you know, sharper money is going to outweigh the casual betting money because a lot of the casual bettors that are betting these props might be betting, you know, 100 bucks or right. $50 or not very high limits. And then you'll have some guys that go ahead on the other side at max limits. And the limits obviously vary from book to book where, you know, some books will only give you like a couple thousand dollars on a certain prop or some books will give you five or 10 or whatever that they're going to give you. I mean, you got to shop around to see what kind of limit you can get. And and these guys that are the sharp guys that are betting the bigger dollar amounts and dollar increments on these have looked to be coming on the under here for Cooper Cup. You know, and this is meant in no way to be disrespectful to one Eli Apple. But when I heard Eli Apple say, I want to lock up Odell. I know him from New York. I mean, to me, the Cooper Cup prop would be in jeopardy because if I'm Sean McVay and I hear that, I go, okay, mm-hmm. great. You want to go man-to-man against, against OBJ? I'll take my chances, Matthew Stafford. If I get singled up with Eli, uh, Eli Apple against OBJ. So maybe does that go into it that they try to take away Cooper Cup and there's your one-on-one matchup? 
Yeah, you know, you know, it very well could be because Cup obviously not the deep threat, but he's the guy that moves the chains, right? And he's the guys that keep drives alive. Odell Beckham more of like the big player, law or long reception capability, but Cup is the guy that gets the yards after catch, that works over the middle, that's always kind of Mister Trusty for Matthew Stafford. So I think if he's the guy you look up, you kind of pick your poison, and it's like, well, we'll let Odell Beckham try to beat us. We're not going to let Cooper Cup beat us. I would think that would be what you try to do. So again, before you blindly go ahead and click on Cooper Cup, remember that matchup could exist OBJ against Eli Apple. And more often than not, when coaches see that matchup, they're going to go after Eli Apple and maybe keep away the safety over the top roll in the Cooper Cup's coverage. We'll see how that plays out in the game. All right, Wes, when we come back, you got to control me a little bit. going to try not to go fanboy because <laughs> Daryl Moose Johnson is going to join the program next. Of course, does a great job uh, with Fox as an analyst there. So we'll catch up with the Cowboy great when you come back with us. we got a great lineup of guests all afternoon long, all weekend long, right here on VEASAN. So come on back. It's Betting Across America on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows and download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast. Get in the book with Gil Alexander. Market insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got hardwood handicappers. We've got the Lombardi line. Follow the money. My guys in the desert, coast-to-coast hoops. We've got long shots. We've got first strike and many more. They're all free and available now at VSIN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook. Wes Reynolds is over at Mandalay Bay. And Wes, I mean, when you have Daryl Johnston on, when you have a three-time Super Bowl champion on from the Dallas Cowboys, right? And for my money, one of the best fullbacks in the history of the NFL, it's a good day. So let's bring in Moose himself, Daryl Johnston, of course, Fox NFL analyst. Daryl, it's great to have you on the program. I just want to go back very quickly as we begin this conversation for what these guys are going through for Super Bowl week, you went through it three times. You never felt the sting of defeat. How important was it to keep focused on the game and not everything else that comes along with it? <laughs> right. That's, uh, that's the hardest part because we are creatures of habit. We, we love our routine, um, and, and we don't like that routine to be disrupted. But during Super Bowl week, it's, uh, it's anything but normal. Um, you know, a different set of, of press obligations. Uh, you try to keep your practice routine as normal as you possibly can. Uh, but there's just so many things that you're, you're obligated to do uh, during Super Bowl week that it's, it's virtually impossible to do that. So I always felt that, that Jimmy Johnson and our staff did a, did a great job at, at maintaining that normalcy as, as best as possible. And I, I felt that we were very, very comfortable. Even our first Super Bowl, when we were the youngest team in the NFL, the Bills were making their third consecutive Super Bowl appearance, and, and it just seemed like we were the team that was able to kind of manage that whole situation. Um, the Bills had a tough day turning the football over. We took it away. Um, and that's, that's what happens in these games. It, it's obviously you want your, your best players to step up on the biggest stage and make the game-changing plays. But the other side of that is, is every mistake is magnified. So I, I thought that we were just on one of those streets where we were playing really, really good, clean football. And we were, we were able to carry that over into our first Super Bowl appearance, even as a young team. 
Daryl, it's obviously easier for a team that maybe has been on this stage before. Clearly, the Cincinnati Bengals have not. And I know your crew, you and Chris Myers and Jen Hale, got a look at the Bengals early on this season. I believe did a couple games. I know you guys did the opener against Minnesota and also the game at Detroit. Aside from the fact that Joe Burrow obviously has a chance to be a very special talent in this league for a long time, did you see even a remote possibility of this coming for the Cincinnati Bengals based on what you watched in those two games you did for Fox? I think we all walked away from even the opener impressed that the talk at that time, you know, they'd, they'd gone, you know, two wins two years previous. They'd gone four wins last season. There was a lot of people that were projecting a six, possibly seven win season. I think when we left week one, we saw them accomplishing more than that. Um, you know, maybe a nine and eighteen, potentially a ten and seventeen. You know, compete. You know, for a potential playoff spot in the AFC North. But none of us, none of us saw a Super Bowl in their future. And the, and the one big reason for that, and and I think it's still an issue for them. And I think it'll be the the key pivot point in the game tomorrow is the offensive line. They just they couldn't get it sorted out through training camp. Uh, there was a lot of moves. There were some veteran guys that. It didn't pan out. They couldn't get the chemistry. And I think it's been one of those moving targets the whole season. There's been times when they have kind of gelled together and, and played well. Uh, but there's been times like Tennessee in the divisional round uh, where they've gotten roughed up by a good front. Um, so I, I give them a lot of credit for being able to bounce back from that Tennessee game where they gave up nine sacks and go out to Kansas City and only give up one sack because Kansas City's got a pretty good front. Steve Spagnuolo's pretty creative in what he does in his pressure, pressure package. So, um, they're coming off a good performance, but but that's the key for me, uh, and that was probably the one thing that our group would have said. You know, this is this team has a lot of potential, but oh boy, they've got to get that offensive line sorted out. Talking with NFL on Fox analyst Daryl Johnston, and and Daryl, you know, it is interesting. You mentioned experience, and you guys in '92 didn't have any, and the Bills had all of it. Yet it didn't really matter. This is the second time around for Sean McVay. He's admitted I got out coached the first time around by Bill Belichick. What does he have to ha do differently so that history doesn't repeat for the Rams? Well, I think the big thing for them, they're, they're coming off of a victory against a team that had beaten them six consecutive times. You know, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners really had their number, um, you know, for the last three years. And, and when you're on a, on a stage like the NFC Championship game and, and you've got that, you know, behind you and everybody's talking about it all week long, um, you know, for them to be able to come out and, and win that game. And again, you know, San Francisco had a 10 point lead late in the third quarter. That's, that's their wheelhouse. I mean, that's a running football team that controls the clock, limits your opportunities uh, as an offense. And, and I really thought that San Francisco was in a position to win that game when they were up 10. Uh, but, but that's the second time, you know, that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been able to close out that type of game with a, with a, you know, a double digit lead, you know, late in the third, early in the fourth. And that's what that's what San Francisco is built about. That's that's what they're trying to accomplish in the first three quarters, and they've let that slip through their fingers. So that's another one. You know, Sean McVay is coming off of a of a win against a team that he lost to six previous times. Uh, there was a scenario in that game where it looked like it was going in that exact same direction, and yet he was able to keep his team together and 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 make the plays down the stretch to win that championship game in the NFC. Daryl, you did a couple Rams games as well throughout the season and obviously have done a lot of Matthew Stafford games over the years with Fox when he was uh, 12 years with Detroit. Do you think a lot of the criticism and a lot of the cynicism of Matthew Stafford is very much overblown considering I know he's got a losing record against winning teams. We hear all the stats at nauseum throughout the week, but do you think that 
that everybody kind of just being a little bit lukewarm on Matthew Stafford seems to be overblown going forward. Uh, well, he's got an opportunity to kind of, you know, eliminate all that conversation. I mean, in, I think the big one that we were kicking around at the beginning of this year with an opportunity to come to L.A. with Sean McVay was the most, the most yards, the most touchdowns. He had a bunch of individual accomplishments as a quarterback without a playoff victory. So there's a lot of things that they will put together about Matthew Stafford because he had not been able to do that up until that point. Um, that that were always tossed around. I think he has the opportunity to to quiet all that chatter down in the game tomorrow. Um, you know, he's won two playoff games. He beat Tom Brady, you know, on Tom Brady's home field with an opportunity, uh, for, you know, for Tom to go back to back in Super Bowls again. So, um, you know, at the San Francisco game, you know, you'd gotten beaten by him twice, you know, earlier in the year. But the big game, with everything on the line, you found a way. Uh, to win that game, the throw to Cooper cup in Tampa Bay w- was amazing, you know, and that's the one thing that I think adds to that is a lot of the scouts you talk to a lot of the personnel, people, quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators will always say Matthew was one of the best pure throwers of the football that we've ever been around. Uh, but he just hasn't been able to have that special season until this year. And, and being a local Dallas kid, I mean, he, he went to Highland park high school, uh, which is, you know, about 10 minutes from where I live right now. And, and just, you know, what, what that would be for, you know, the community here in, in, uh, in North Dallas, I think it'd, it'd be a, it'd be a really special day for everybody. So, um, you know, I'm good either way. I'm, I'm, I'm in one of those unique situations where I can just get to watch the game. I can be happy if, <laughs> if, if the Rams win and Matthew Stafford finally has a Super Bowl. I can be happy if Cincinnati wins because uh, Lou and Romo is, uh, has got some ties back to Syracuse and, uh, you know, there's some cool things there for the Bengals players. So uh, I'm, I'm going to just enjoy this game, watch it, and have a good day. Talking with legendary fullback Daryl Moose Johnson of the Dallas Cowboys, three-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler. Moose, let me ask you, because my dad will tell me about Marion Motley in the Hall of Fame. What's a fullback got to do when you block for the all-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL to get into Canton? Well, are fullbacks just as disrespected as kickers? Maybe more so, right? At least they've got, <laughs> they've got a couple in there right now. Uh, there's, I think there's only five in there that are listed as true fullbacks. And I think, I think some of them, I think Jim Brown is in as a fullback. Um, I, uh, is Paul Horning in as a fullback? One of the guys Ooh. in Green Bay is in as a fullback. Um, so some of the fullbacks, Larry Zonka is in as a, is a he's, he might be a true fullback. Um, but that, that's the big thing is, you know, at that time, you know, the fullback position, you know, they were, they were ball carriers, you know, they were, you know, thousand yard rushers and different things like that. As soon as we kind of got into that, that modern style fullback, you know, the Matt Sueys, the Jim Braxton's, uh, the Rocky Blyers, you know, Rocky still put up some great numbers as mm-hmm. a rusher and a receiver. Um, but it was really hard for them to quantify our value to the team and measure us against other, other positions. <laughs> statistically, there's not a lot there, you know, for somebody to argue about us getting into the NFL Hall of Fame. So I, I just, it's the nature of the beast. Uh, you know, I think we were all happy when at least we got a Pro Bowl nod. You know, that that was, you know, that was a milestone for us that we could actually at least go to the Pro Bowl, you know, especially the 90s. You know, the 90s right. was the glory year of the position, and there were so many good ones uh, that were in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, we were all just happy that we finally were getting some recognition at the Pro Bowl uh, because that didn't exist you know, up until that time in, in 93. So um, it's, it's going to be hard. I just, you look at a Tom Rathman and, and what he did for the position, um, you know, Lorenzo Neal, um, you know, Sam Gash, you know, Larry centers and what he, he brought to the fullback position as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, how do you quantify that against other people? It'd be nice to see one of us yeah. get, get 
to the final 25. Just get us, get one of us to the final 25 <laughs> as, a, as a thank you. I mean, none of us have ever made it to the 25. I think, I think all Stott will be the one that gets us there. But, um, you know, he was, he was as good a running back as he was a fullback. Well, all I know is the triplets know how important you were to the success of those three Super Bowl championship <laughs> teams. Hey, Daryl, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the Super Bowl and, and welcome to join us anytime. Thank you very much. All right. Awesome, guys. Take care. Have a good day tomorrow. There he is, Daryl Moose Thank Johnson. You, Come on back. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on Pro Football's final game. If either team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use the code SB200 when you make your very first bet. You're also going to earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligible restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is now a drawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer is not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross here at Circus Sportsbook, joined once again by Wes Reynolds over at Mandalay Bay. And the sportsbook manager, Mike Peranio, is there with Wes. And Wes, I can only imagine, it's not only the Super Bowl of the NFL, it's got to be the Super Bowl for sportsbooks this time of the year. It absolutely is. You're right on uh, on cue there, Dave. And uh, Mike Peranio, a busy man, but giving us uh, the time here on Saturday afternoon, a little calm before the storm, before obviously the more of the deluge comes in later tonight and then, of course, tomorrow for Super Bowl Sunday. But, Mike, we've kind of seen the number dance around where it's been in terms of just the general side. A little bit of early support for the Rams, up to four and a half. Then it went back down to four. I know a couple stores even showed some three and a yeah. half at this standpoint. But just judging by the number kind of being static where it is, it seems like a little bit more of the casual better. I don't know how it is here at BetMGM, but a lot, a little bit more of the casual better kind of taking a liking to the Cincinnati Bengals that they're buying into this team of destiny narrative. What are you seeing at the window here? Yeah, I mean, at this point we need the, the Bengals pretty bad and uh, just so you know, this is, it, it's still a storm today. It's like category two, category right. four is tomorrow. Right. Yeah, this <laughs> is the tropical storm. Tomorrow is the hurricane, yeah, right? Yeah, so it, it's still a storm though but uh, yeah so that line's moved uh, like you said some places three and a half we're at four the total's been kind of stagnant uh ticket count is like 
six to five on Bengals and the money's six to five on the Rams because we've had some six-figure bets on the Rams, mostly on bigger bets are on the Rams. They'll, we'll see that probably through tomorrow. We get the Ram money coming in. Typically, that's what happens. The interesting thing on this is, and this is has nothing to do with me looking at numbers, just my feel behind the counter. Lots of people betting Cincinnati money line. Mm-hmm. Now, I know mm-hmm. we moved the line, so there's some money on the, the plus points, too. But uh, a lot of people, when they ask them, do you want the money line or the point spread? And it's like 70% want the money line. That's a good point that you make, Mike, especially when you get a spread like this, you know, three, four, where it's not too big of a spread. Right. You're often going to see, look, the betters will lay the points, but they'll take the money line on the dog instead of taking the points. And that's why I think that you see such a lot sided count there on the money line because we've seen that really over the years uh, on an underdog getting some support so that's when we try to like figure out and that's why I say it's fruitless to figure out for the betters they're like hey Wes what's a sharp side well there's sharps on yeah, both sides. That's true. And there's public betters on both sides here because it's a Super Bowl. So there's not that defined when we go pros versus Joes like every yes. week. You know, week 12, you're going to find three or four of those spots, not necessarily here in Super Bowl 56 in a standalone game. But in terms of the total, that's another thing that's kind of stayed right where it is. I've seen 48 and a half, 49, right. kind of bouncing back and forth. We know that the casual betters or maybe betters that only bet the Super Bowl are going to want to see excitement and they're going to want to see points so it's not a surprise that maybe more tickets on the over but where are you in terms of like the split with the money and the tickets here yeah first of all it's unusual for the public to like this is an unusual that public liking an underdog in the super bowl isn't typical Mm -hmm. but joe burrow the magic it's a story unto itself and the public's bought into it uh the total was slightly higher when it first opened and kind of moved right away but the feeling I'm getting at the counter, the same people that are betting Cincinnati, which is probably not a good idea because it's a correlation, opposite correlation. They're taking the under those same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that does make sense. I, I'll take that back. If you're right. taking the, the dog, you want the under typically in a correlation. But uh, So you're seeing a lot of those betters that want the Cincinnati money line thinking it's going to go under too. Uh, don't know why, but I'm getting that feeling when you're behind the counter, you hear mm-hmm. stuff. You know, mm-hmm. That's what we're hearing uh, as far as the smaller public betting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and what you were saying, what you're hearing, if you're in a sports book, if you're going to be in a brick and mortar and not betting on the app, listen a little bit. You'll get some insight of what to do or maybe not to do yeah. from certain betters. So keep your eyes and ears peeled definitely when you're in a book because uh might uh, put you off a loser or put you on to a winner right. or what have you. So uh, or more always importantly, listen to the show. Yeah, always <laughs> we'll talk about that. Exactly, so. exactly. And always. kind of on that same thing uh what the in- interesting thing on uh, on this game is if you're listening to people there's ways to use props to to actually determine who's going to win the game and i think we may have talked about it before when niners and chiefs were in there we posted kelsey was like think minus 180 to score a touchdown kittle was plus 110 mm-hmm. that told me kelsey's scoring a touchdown that also told me kansas city's probably going to win the game right <laughs> if he scores and kill doesn't that's a pretty good factor uh if you can find something like that in the props here that is interesting like that uh, i think you'll see uh, ways to use props maybe not to bet but to actually decide who's going to win the game so what props are you seeing in terms of drawing a lot of action yeah. here at BetMGM? 
them. I imagine the Cooper Cup receiving yards are very popular. We've been talking yeah. about it for the last two weeks. So, yeah, Cooper Cup receiving yards has gone from 102 to 107 and a half now. Um, but Donald is the MVP. Uh, he went from 16 to 12. I have not seen I – I can't recall when I've seen a defensive player with that low of MVP yeah. odds. So, if you think that you're maybe getting, like, real value on that, eh, maybe yeah. not so much. And, you know, going back to watching the props, not our property. We, I don't think we have this prop, but there's a prop out there. Will uh, Ramsey have a pass interference mm-hmm. call? And I think, if I remember seeing it right, I think it was like plus three and a half, four to one, mm-hmm. that he won't have a pass interference. That tells me if he's not going to have a pass interference call playing on Chase, that means he's doing a good job. Right. That so. means uh, Jamar Chase unders, which yeah. we've seen a little bit of support for the right. unders on Chase. Now, going, uh, on the opposite side, you're seeing more support maybe for T. Higgins and right. Tyler Boyd, the number two and the number three options when the number one options get in bed against. So uh, in terms of what you have on, on props like the exposure, do you have certain players that maybe not the best results for you guys if they go over on these props? Yeah, we got big loser on Stafford over 279. Take note, uh, 279 passing yards. Stafford to throw an interception. We've got we're a big loser on that. Uh, Stafford over four and a half. Uh, five and a half rushing yards, which is strange, but uh, that's that over. Right. I'm, I'm on the under for that, yeah, by the way. I'm surprised to see so much support on, on the over for Stafford rushing. Yeah, the bet MGM will be rooting for you then. So uh, Burrow is over one and a half TD passes. Uh, Burrow to throw an interception is a big loser. It's a lot of quarterback stuff. Burrow, right. Burrow rushing yards over 11 and a half rushing, rushing yards. That's a big loser, one mm-hmm. of the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. And then OBJ over 64 and a half receiving yards. That's the, our other big loser. Those two are our biggest losers. And uh, it's just interesting to see that uh, quarterbacks are, you know, everyone loves a quarterback. Right. The big losers on the MVP, like we talked Donald. Uh, they Miller. don't necessarily love the quarterbacks for the MVP no. because they're like even money or two to one, and they want to bet a little to win a lot. Well, here's our biggest losers. Donald, defense. Von Miller, defense. Evan McPherson, a kicker. Mm-hmm. And Ramsey, right. also another defense. So those are our biggest losers. Of course, they also had the biggest odds, so people tend to go towards those bets, although they're not big as they were when we started now. No, no question about it. I believe Dave Ross uh, has uh, some of his support for Evan McPherson on the kicker. Dave has been extolling Evan McPherson's uh, virtues here and his prowess here on Beeson for the last two weeks. Right, partner? Absolutely. And look, I don't want to go against Mike. I like Mike. He's a great guy. But uh, come on. How about the year of the kicker? Let's go Evan McPherson, Mike. I got the over seven and a half in there. And I saw some other props there for two field goals for Evan McPherson. I haven't played that, but I have played the over seven and a half, Mike. But get, again, if I get that, then the game might go under, which would be some better yeah. for some of your prop scenarios. If we follow that game script, right? Instead of getting a lot of yards and a lot of points, maybe if it stays, he gets those field goals, not as many touchdowns. So maybe we can both be happy in the end. Yeah, I mean, when's your sister marrying him? Is that soon? Or? <laughs> the wedding, the wedding, Mike, will happen if I get my over seven and a half, and then and then we'll have that hey, discussion. But the, 
the thing with kickers now is in the NFL, they, they just go for it on fourth down, don't even kick field goals sometimes. It's a strange, strange But NFL with these year. two, I mean, we've seen long kicks for these guys, yeah. you know, over 50 yards and including in the playoffs on McPherson. So they are getting a little bit more love. But I'm interested to see, too, Mike, is if these two coaches maybe are a little bit more conservative in this game and don't necessarily go for it as much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, to me, uh, after watching these playoffs, it seems to me almost every game the favorite gets out to the lead and the dog comes back. So I'm, I'm thinking we're going to probably get some action. I kind of like the Rams' first quarter, Rams' first half money line. I mean, who knows what – it might end up being a field goal game, but the first first half maybe it'll be uh, the home team will get off to a court quick start. But it's tough to know for sure. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, we really appreciate you joining us each and every Saturday right here on Betting Across America with Wes at Mandalay Bay, of course, the Sportsbook Manager. All right, when we come back, Eric Griffin, very funny man from L.A., will get his thoughts on Super Bowl 56. Come on back. It is Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 